It's Priority Talk Radio, Greg Davis. Good to have you with us, and uh, we've got to talk some good news here. Uh, Of course, uh, the one-year anniversary of the Dobbs decision overturning Roe versus Wade and uh, sending the uh, abortion issue back to the legislative process, uh, pretty much back into the hands of the states, celebrating that one-year anniversary this weekend and uh, to sort of break it down and kind of do a little look in the rearview mirror and then and then maybe a little look ahead as well, uh, we visit with uh, Eric Johnston, president of the Alabama Pro-Life Coalition, and uh, he's been in this battle uh, on, the, on the legal end of it particularly for uh, decades now. And so uh, Eric and I work very closely together on a lot of issues now. So, Eric, it's good to have you with us uh, many times over the years, but thanks for coming back again. Well, I'm glad to be here, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, uh, does it seem like it's been a year? I mean, you worked, you know, along with a lot of other people for decades, and now you look back and we thought we'd never see that day of Roe v. Wade, and then uh, now it's already been a year. Well, I know, and it doesn't seem like it's been a year in one way, but in other ways it does because of the multitude of new issues that have sprung up around abortion rights across the country. Um I guess at some point people thought, well, if we reverse road, then we can all go back to doing whatever we were doing before. But actually, it's just brought in a whole new crop of things to deal with. So boy, it it's sure has. Year, really. yeah, it sure And boy, you, it just changed, totally changed the landscape. The battle is still there. Uh, let's just look back. Of course, uh, we, we won't review the whole Roe v. Wade decision and all that. You can refer to that as you'd like. But um, this legal challenge that came out of Mississippi. Uh, could have come from other states, could have came from Alabama. Uh, you're the author of the Alabama uh, Human Life Protection Act. It passed in 2019. Uh, it had the potential to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, talk about that and, and, and the Mississippi case and sort of what the strategy was. Okay. Well, we knew because of the Trump appointments that uh, there was a chance that, uh, that the Roe decision and the 1992 Casey decision could be reversed. Uh, we had thought in 1992 that uh, the Supreme Court had enough justices on it that would be pro-life, they would reverse Roe, but they didn't do it. And so the reason we didn't get around to reversing Roe is not because we didn't want to, it's because the makeup of the Supreme Court was never there to really review Roe from the foundation and see how, you know, just point out how bad it was. And so with the three appointments uh, of Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and, and well, what's her name? Barrett. Barrett, yeah. Um, we figured, you know, there's a good chance it's going to happen now. And so a number of states began to review, you know, how will we go about doing that? We did that in Alabama with the Human Life Protection Act. Our goal there was to be one of the states that would be in line and maybe one of the ones that actually got there to have Roe uh, reviewed. Uh, Mississippi got there first. Mississippi was what you call a pain-capable bill. It dealt with a 15-week cutoff. Anything below 20 weeks with a, or 24 weeks, there's a four-week margin of error when you measure viability. Anything below that would be prohibited by Roe. You could have prohibition of later-term abortions when the child was viable. So the 15-week uh, uh, threshold that Mississippi set was below viability, so that would challenge Roe. And it just happened that that was the case that got there first. You know, Alabama's was in the process. Judge Thompson, as his wont is, he was sitting on it for two years and wouldn't move it. Uh, we might have been the one to get there. He'd ruled on it, and we'd gotten into the process. But the end result, I think, would have probably been the same. I think the court would have ruled the same way. 
because it really wasn't so much how that law was written exactly. It was just the attack uh, on the viability concept of Roe. So that, that's how we got there. And um, Talk about uh, the differences between the, uh, the Mississippi uh, you know, case law that got there and ours. They're, they're different. You're talking about pain capable. Our Alabama Human Life Protection Act that you wrote is, is different. Yeah, that's right. Our, our law actually is the strongest one in the nation. Uh, we measure the, the, the time when you cannot do an abortion from implantation of the fertilized egg in the uterine wall. Now, that sounds kind of medically tech, technical, and I'm not a doctor, but I spend a lot of time worrying about abortion. And how say, it say it again. Say that statement again. The implantation. Implantation of the fertilized egg implanting in the uterine wall. Okay. Now, there was a personhood movement years ago, and we all would agree in concept that personhood begins with conception. And we've all seen pictures of eggs and sperms joining, you know, in a Petri dish. And those are controlled laboratory kinds of things. In the real world, you can't prove that that happened. But what you can prove is that the egg was implanted in the, in, uh, the fertilized egg implanted in the uterine wall. The district attorney can then prosecute someone, and that's what we used in our a criminal law several years ago. We changed our criminal law to put that definition in there to protect uh, the the mother and her unborn child from murder. Everybody remembers the Lacey Peterson case in yeah. California. That's been in the news again not long ago. Scott Peterson's, you know, trying to get out of jail, I guess. But it was a double murder in California then, and it was not here because we didn't have the rule. And so we changed the, the definition of, of person to include from just what I said, the implantation of the fertilized egg in the uterine wall. So that's the definition that we used in the Human Life Protection Act because it gives a starting point for when you can prove that a life is there. And so that's why ours are so strong. That's as early as you possibly can prove a case. And our exceptions are very strict. And so it's not been abused. I don't think it would be abused because it's a Class A felony, which means first offense, 10 years in prison second, third, fourth, and fifth, you'll spend life in prison. So the idea that, well, there'll be back alley abortions, that person wouldn't last long. It would be discovered, and that person would go to prison for life. It would not be just paying a fine or having a misdemeanor charge like it was in the old days. So ours is very strong. Mississippi's begins only at 15 weeks, and that was the concept of pain capable, which Alabama had thought about several years ago. But you know, I told the people that wanted to do it, it's not a good idea. If you're going to attack Roe and the concept of viability, why start with 15 weeks? Why, right. go down, why not go down lower? And so some states have gone down to six weeks, like I think Florida was doing that, which is called the heartbeat bill. Because it, you yeah, Georgia as well. Yeah, Georgia. So th- those are what, you know, some states are doing. Um, I, but that's why Alabama's is stronger. As ours go below both of those thresholds, those are both are good thresholds. If that's what you all you can do to get passed in your state, and there's a variety of things happening in the 50 states. Uh, so uh, I think probably in the end everybody projects that there's going to be about a, a split down the middle of states that prohibit abortion at some point in time, and those that allow abortion throughout the whole pregnancy. Uh, but th- those cases are ongoing, and those, that's another, you know, one of the facets of this very interesting issue now is what are all the other states going to do? I mean, there's just all kinds of approaches to it, and they're all, most of them end up in court one way or another. Uh, ours has been, was so, uh, you know, it, it, I, it, was, it was like the Lord just 
guided the whole process. I can't say that anyone could take credit for everything coming together, but our law and the way it worked out and the way it was written and the way the, we had a constitutional amendment that protects the unborn, it all came together for us. And that made our law so strong that on the very day, on the 24th of June last year, when Dobbs was handed down, Judge Thompson dismissed the lawsuit against our law, and it went into effect that day. Well, it certainly did, and we remember that now right at a year uh, since uh, since that uh, decision uh, at the Supreme Court. Uh, Eric Johnston, Attorney Eric Johnston, our guest uh, with the Alabama Pro-Life Coalition. And so our, our Alabama law is is pretty settled right now. I mean, there were a few bills filed uh, during the legislative session, uh, none of them uh, really made any movement at all. You know, they were more posturing, I think, or just so people could say they filed something. Uh, they, our, our Alabama law seems to be pretty in place. Um, but, Eric, the uh, the battle now uh, across the nation, uh, and, and in states like ours in particular, uh, that uh, you don't really have in-person abortions, or they're very difficult to get in some states, if not impossible, like Alabama, are the uh, the chemical abortions, the pills, uh, coming in, uh, you know, to the state and uh, and women using those? Uh, talk to that issue because really, that's in Alabama. That's really where the battle is now. Well, yeah, we have to first resolve an issue with the FDA. Joe Biden, you know, his administration is probably the most liberal, progressive administration has ever been in this country, and the people that work for him uh, are are doing everything they can in all the areas that, you know, that we culturally fight against to, to do you know, to do us in, really. And one of those is he directed the FDA to determine that they would send abortifacients to all 50 states in the mail without a doctor's uh, uh, examination of the woman. I mean, we've had for years a law that required if you got an abortion-producing drug, you had to go in person to a doctor and be examined because there are ramifications. Sure. And so we've had that law. And so uh, Biden uh, says, no, the FDA overrides that. Now, that's being litigated in two cases right now. And I think the ultimate decision is going to be based on the idea that Dobbs said it's up to the states to regulate abortion. So whatever the state wants to do on chemical abortions, the same as surgical abortions, would be what the law is. And so I think it's going to come back to our advantage. But that's got to be litigated. That's got to be resolved. Once that resolved, then we approach the Alabama situation because in the Human Life Protection Act, we exempt women from prosecution. The Alabama Pro-Life Coalition, with a multitude of national groups, mm -hmm. have always opposed prosecuting women. They are a victim of a very callous, destructive, financial-inspired uh, industry, and that is to produce abortions and make money. And so, you know, we have protected women. And I'll say this as an aside, I am very proud of the 66 or so abortion, I mean, uh, pregnancy care centers that have, that have been working night and day to help women, to keep women from uh, having to go out of state to get abortions or to order the drugs to get abortions, and they've done an excellent job. And I'm sorry that the, we try to get a tax credit bill done this year so people would be inspired to give more money to them. Hopefully we'll get another chance at that bill. But we do have the issue that a woman can order a drug from India or China. If she orders it from Illinois or Georgia, we can prosecute those people. We can extradite them to Birmingham or to Mobile or wherever we want to prosecute them within the state. 
But if it comes from China or India, we can't reach those people. So what we have to do is once the FDA issue is decided, is then pass a law that will cut off the point of purchase, just like we do on uh, gambling, just like we do on buying liquor from out of state. Mm-hmm. You've got to pay for those products. And if you cut off the way to pay for them, the products aren't going to come here. So we can do that. There's no way we can stop a woman from going to Georgia and getting an abortion or going over there and getting pills or, or going to you know, uh, Illinois or California or wherever they might go. We can't stop them from doing that because Dobbs said it's going to be up to the states and people are free to travel under the Interstate Commerce Clause of the Constitution to go wherever they want to. So it's like people can go to Tupelo and gamble, uh, you know, and they can bring their money back here. Most of them come back with less money than they want. Yeah, <laughs> they come back with empty pockets. <laughs> That's right. So our goal is to get past the FDA issue and then uh, introduce a bill that will keep uh, women from being able to purchase the drugs. And if they want to get abortions, they'll have to go out of state. And that's where the Pregnancy Resource Center really come in, is they, they need to be there to help those women to choose the alternative of staying here and not going somewhere else. So that's why I say it's so, many, it's so different It is. Now. It is multifaceted. I was glad you brought up about the, uh, the prosecuting of women, uh, potentially. Um, it really, you know, without in-person abortions, there's just nowhere to get one um, in Alabama. Uh, you would really... To do that, Eric, tell me, you pretty much would have to, uh, to to even try to do that. You would have to be, you'd have to see the woman use the pills, wouldn't you, to even accuse them of that or whatever. It really would be unenforceable practically, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, as a practical matter, you're not going to know no. if they bought them. If, if they bought them in Georgia, it's legal. If if they, you know, come home and take them. Uh, you know, then you can say, well, it was illegal. Or if they buy them from India and they take them at home, it's illegal. But how are you going to know? And the the, uh, the same process of a miscarriage is what these bill I mean, these pills do. So it's it's almost it's a impossibility to to prove that. And you know, there was a a bill introduced late in the session that I call the Mother Murderers Bill. I mean, it was wanting to uh, prosecute mothers for aborting their children, and I understand the concept and understand the compassion for that, but on the other hand, I understand the dilemma that women are in uh, and how they've been told for 50 years that it's okay to get an abortion or they can go to the next state over and get an abortion. You know, you just, murder's a serious charge, and you don't want to prosecute those women. What you want to do is help those women, and that's been the goal all along. I mean, from 1993 until 2019, when we passed the Human Life Protection Act, we did uh, laws that regulated abortion. And our main job was to keep them out of the clinics, to get them educated on the issue because it was substandard care and no physician-patient relationship, and get them in the arms of the Pregnancy Resource Center people to give them help. And that's still what we need to do. And that's why... This issue is not going to go away. We we fought it for 50 years. The other side's going to fight it probably for another 50 years. Yeah, so. and we we fought it incrementally, and now they're fighting it incrementally as well. They're trying to get any any restriction lifted um, that they can get, just like we tried to get any restriction added that we could get. It's an incremental uh, it's an incremental battle, and you have to fight every little every little uh, step of the way over it. Uh, Eric, uh, on the one year anniversary of the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Uh, just quickly, uh, what can folks in Alabama, our listeners, uh, what should they be doing right now as far as the pro-life uh, fight? It's not over. What, what should they be doing? 
Well, I think there's, there's a couple of things. Is one is they need to, to uh, support their local pregnancy resource center. As right. I said, there's at least 66 of them. There may, may be more. One thing people can do is encourage their churches to be a, a part of that and to have ministries to women in the community because women in every part of the state, whether it's in the city or in the country, they get pregnant. And then some of them may think they need to get an abortion. So they need to have these support mechanisms everywhere. And churches are everywhere. Crisis pregnancy centers are not everywhere, mm-hmm. but churches are. And if they have people in the church that are attuned somewhat to this and can be a resource, they can get the, the mothers to a you know, good place so that they can yeah. have their children. Other thing uh, people need to be you know, thinking about and really praying about, in Alabama we got it pretty good with our elected officials, but this has become a very, very hot political issue. When Dobbs has decided, uh, the Democrats said, we're going to make this an issue, and Republicans said, no, it's not going to be an issue. The economy is the issue. Well, abortion has been the issue in many elections, and we saw some really close races and lost some races in this last midterm election. So what we have to be aware of is that, you know, we could have these issues come back on us. I mean, we have generational changes to people right now, mm-hmm. and they're going to look at abortion differently because we've had like almost three generations of people yeah. who have grown up with it being legal, and they may, you know, want to take it back. You mentioned that there were several bills passed in the legislature this year. One was to repeal the Human Life Protection Act. The other was to add rape and incest exception. Those were Democrat bills. They had no chance, and fortunately, there was no Republican that made a serious effort to introduce a bill like that, and that's what we've got to continue to resist or any, anybody that wants to come in and weaken our law. Well, we can't take anything for granted. Uh, the battle is still ongoing, absolutely, uh, is more contested than ever. Eric Johnston with the Alabama Pro-Life Coalition. Thank you, my friend, for joining us, and thank you for all your work over the decades. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome, and I always am glad to be on your program. Uh, You're always outstanding. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back, everybody.